Hey Sonoray Church, I'm Tara. I'm here to welcome you and give you some information to start off our gathering today. Hello to everyone joining us live or later in the week, and hello to any watch parties out there. And a very special welcome to any guests with us for the very first time. We are so happy you're here. I'm going to just take a couple minutes to share some information that will help you during your first visit with us. We're in a unique season of being mostly online with some in-person gatherings here and there. So we hope to meet you face-to-face very soon. But for today, as you visit online, we trust you still feel at home here. If you have questions that I don't answer, you can learn more about us on our website. For those that hear this info every week, make sure you still listen as well because we have some information for you. If you're gathering live on Sunday, we encourage you to check out the tabs on the online platform. You can share your information with us, and if you do, we'll just simply follow up and get feedback from you. Also, on the live platform, you can explore next steps and find previous messages. And if you call Centerway Home and would like an easy way to give, there's a tab to do that. During the gathering, if you have questions or if you would like prayer, just request prayer and one of our hosts will answer you privately in a separate chat. If you're watching or listening anytime other than the live Sunday gathering, many of the things I just mentioned can happen through our website. If you'd like to connect with us after this gathering, if you have questions or feedback, if you have ideas, or if you need prayer, please email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. There are other ways to connect with us throughout the week. You can find us on social media, and you can also access the resources on our website. If you visit the website and choose the messages page, you'll find all of our messages, including one just for kids. They'll sing some songs, they'll hear a message that is from the same text that we adults will hear from, but with kid-friendly content. It's really a gift to be able to discuss the application and grow together as a family. Also on the messages page are resources related to the messages like images to put on your devices, links to the Spotify playlist for this series, and access to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals. Our team creates devotional content to go further with the text from Sundays as well as videos on Monday. They're so good and they're so helpful. And if you'd like to receive them directly to your inbox instead of going to the website, you can just subscribe on the Next Steps page. Now, before we move on, I have to point out a couple of things coming up. This Tuesday, the 27th, we are gathering for some backyard worship. We will literally be in someone's backyard, bring a chair or blanket, and come be together to sing. We're so excited for that. Also, next Sunday, August 1st, we're gathering online for church, but have an after-church hangout planned. It's at a local park, and we'll have a cornhole tournament, some random games, fun for the kids, and obviously use of all the park's amenities. Just a fun way to be together, maybe meet some new people and just enjoy a fun afternoon. All the details for these two gatherings and more are on the calendar page of our website. Now, as we continue in our summer breakthrough series, please know you are being prayed for and we are trusting God that you will experience breakthrough in whatever areas of life you need them. Now here's what to expect for the rest of the day today. Carrie will be reading the scripture text for us, Claude will be communicating from the Bible, and then I'll close out the gathering with some ways to respond in worship. Right after that, you can join us live on Instagram or Facebook as a way to respond through song. Now here's Carrie with the text for today.
Good morning, Centerway. My name is Carrie, and I'll be reading the scripture for this morning, reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, verse 16, through chapter 9, verse 1. And it says, Bind up the testimony, seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts, who dwells on Mount Zion. And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry, and when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward, and they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Hello and welcome. My name is Claude and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church. Excited that you have the ability to be with us today as we continue in our series Summer Breakthrough. And today's uh, talk in particular is entitled Answers. And um, I'm reminiscing a little bit back to my college days. I was part of a, a uh, homeless ministry that went into inner city Philly to uh, help some of the homeless there. And we would provide blankets and meals. And we would sometimes just have conversations with some of the people that were struggling uh, in the city. And uh, the first experience I ever had going in to Philly, uh, there was a, a young lady that was driving the, the school van we were all done for the night and we were just kind of overwhelmed by all that had taken place. And so we're kind of sharing stories and we're talking. And as we uh, exit the city, um, we're redirected by some work that's being done on one of the roads. And so um, there's a guy there just directing, we have to turn, we have to turn. And and she's kind of nervous. Like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going. If I don't go this way, I'm not sure where to go. And so she turns the way she has to, but there's no detour signs or anything. It's late at night in the middle of Philly. And when I say late, it's somewhere around 11 o'clock, almost midnight. And so so she turns down and she's immediately fear struck and I'm concerned because she appears to be concerned and the person that was in charge of the, the ministry is in the passenger seat and he doesn't know where he's going. And so we're sitting there and, and we just are completely lost in downtown Philly uh, nearing midnight. And uh, as she starts to get nervous, she's like, I'm not sure where to go, where to go. All of a sudden, a voice from the back says, turn right up here. You turn right up here. And she's like, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, right, right. So she turns right. <clears throat> we go a little bit further turn left, turn left. So she turns left and we're going and he's kind of shouting out directions from the back of the van. And so she's making all these turns and then he goes, okay, right, right here. And so she goes to turn right. And the pass the guy in the passenger seat says, no, that's one way. We're going the wrong way on a one-way street. And so he's like, what? And he goes, this is a one-way street. And he's like, oh man, yeah, then I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to get back. And everyone's like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, I, I was just trying to think like, you know, what might make sense to get back to where we were going, but yeah, I don't know if that's a one-way street. I don't know what we're doing. And it was like, wait, you don't know where you're going? And he's like, no. 
Like, then why are you telling us where to turn? And he's like, well, I mean, somebody had to make a decision. So I just figured out, you know, it was kind of obvious. You just make a right up here and a left and we'd find our way back to that road. Like, dude, we're completely lost. And he's like, yeah, I have no idea where we are. <laughs> and of course, that was before cell phones or anything like that. As far as directions go, we had cell phone, but we didn't have a, a map. We had a paper map. And so we're literally pulled over with the dome light on trying to figure out with a paper map where in the world we are. We had to find our way back. It was absolutely devastating and so frustrating. We were so mad at that kid. And so here's the question I want to ask as we jump into the text today. Why are we sometimes convinced by the loudest voice? Why are we sometimes convinced by the loudest voice? Now, if you're anything like me, you might be tempted to say you're never convinced by the loudest voice. Like, what? I'm not convinced by that guy. You know, it doesn't matter how loud you are. I don't believe you. But the fact is that if the situation is just right, you'll find yourself desperate enough, you will be convinced by the loudest voice. It's just the fact of the matter. We all will. In that moment, I thought that dude knew what he was talking about. I wasn't the one driving the vehicle. Maybe I would have said, hey, do you actually know where you're going? But chances are I probably wouldn't have. We didn't have a map, like I said. And so there was this sense of desperation and someone starts to call out with some form of clarity and confidence. We just, we tend to listen. You might not like it, but as humans, there are things we don't know. There are some things you simply don't know. And in those moments, we want to hear from people who do know what we don't. And here's the problem. The issue comes in when we confuse their confidence for actual knowledge. Sometimes loud voices are confident because they actually know what's right. Right? If this guy lived in Philly or knew his way around, he would have spoken just as confidently. Sometimes the loudest, most confident voice is because they actually are right. But sometimes the loudest voices are simply loud and or they're simply confident. And get this, they're sometimes just as lost as you are. Think about that. Think about the, the, the ripple effect of that, the implications in your life, that when you hit moments of desperation and you just want answers, that if someone speaks with enough confidence or enough clarity that maybe just maybe you'll assume they know what they're talking about, but they're just as lost as you are. They're just as lost as you are. Think about the devastating ramifications of, of listening to someone that means well, but actually has no clue what they're talking about. The point is this, we need to be cautious who we're listening to. We need to be cautious about who it is that we're listening to. That's sometimes easier said than done, especially, like I said, if we're in a desperate situation and we just want answers. That tension right there is what today's text is all about. You see, Ahaz and Judah as a nation are desperate because of the decisions that they've made and they desperately want some form of direction, some form or sense of hope. And so verses 16 through 18 of today's text actually speak of a small remnant that are seeking out the Lord. But verses 19 through 22 actually speak of the hardened nation of Judah. People of God, you know, they turn to, to the loudest voice sometimes when they're desperate. Let's pick up in verse 19. Verse 19 says this, it says, and when they say to you, meaning when they speak to Isaiah, 
they speak this, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter. Should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the people on behalf of the living? Sorry, should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? So there's this, there's this text that we find where people of God actually turn to fortune tellers. They turn to magicians. And that's what this idea of mediums and necromancers, it means that in moments of desperation, people that know better will turn to people that they think might have some answers. But why aren't they turning to God for direction? Why aren't they turning to God for direction? It's because in that moment, in that desperation, desperate people make acts of desperation. They just want answers. And so they turn to things that that maybe they know they ought not to turn to. And so they seek out the loudest voice. Again, not the voice with the most knowledge, but the most confident or the loudest voice. Or worse yet, the voice that tells them what they want to hear. Oh man, that's the root of it, right? Is that in that moment, we just, we want someone that's, that's confident, someone that appears to have clarity, but in their confidence and in their clarity, if it's in opposition of what we actually want, that's, that's where we sometimes take pause. But if it is in any way comforting, or if it seems any way in line with what we actually want, we go, oh, we can trust that guy. Why? Because it sounds great. <laughs> what we really want is to hear what we want to hear, especially in moments of desperation. We want hope, and sometimes hope sounds like the easiest path or the thing that we want most. So how do we distinguish If loud can sometimes be right, right? If confident means sometimes they're actually right, then how do we know when it's false confidence? How do we know when someone's just being loud or saying something that we like, but they're not actually correct? Let's jump back for perspective on this answer and jump back a couple verses to verse 17 for a moment. It says this, in speaking of the remnant, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. You see, God is is in this moment, because of their disobedience, he's actually hiding his face from the house of Jacob. In other words, it's difficult to hear or to find God in the midst of this. and, And yet they say, but I will wait for the Lord. I will wait for the Lord and I will hope in him. I will wait for the Lord. This idea of hope being attached to the Lord himself. So the voice with the most knowledge isn't human, but rather divine. But rather divine. God wants you to have a breakthrough. It's important for you to understand that and realize that, that God desperately loves you and he wants a breakthrough from you, for you. You see, God was hiding his face from from Judah because of the continual disobedience and the sin but one would come to bridge that gap. And because of the person and work of Jesus, we can have access to God who doesn't hide his face anymore, but instead speaks clearly to us if we would just seek his face. Get this, the difference between patient, the difference is between patient faith and impatient unbelief. Think about that for a moment. The difference here is between patient faith and impatient unbelief. This idea of, listen, the Lord will speak. 
Not always in my timing, but I will wait upon the Lord. My hope is in him. I'm going to be patient and I'm going to wait. If I don't have clarity, if I don't have an answer, we're going to pull over and we're going to seek the right answer instead of being impatient and just making decisions based on what we hear or what we see. I'm going to wait on the Lord and place my hope in him. You see, so, so patience speaks to our sense of desperation, right? That in moments of desperation, we can be patient and wait on the Lord. And it also speaks to our need for control, <laughs> wanting to work out the situations of our own life. But it doesn't clarify how to distinguish people's voices, right? That's the, the part of the issue that I brought up, this idea of how can we distinguish between someone that actually knows what they're speaking about versus false confidence. So now that we've spoken a little bit to this idea of patience versus desperation, let's look at how we distinguish people's voices. Verse 20 says this, to the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. So the question here is, does it align with the word of God? Does the situation that we're hearing, the information that we're getting, is the voice lining up with the word of God? That's the test. That's the litmus test right there. Listen, what does scripture say about your situation? What does scripture say about your situation? That's how we know what God says. And by the way, God actually knows. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He wants you to have breakthrough. In fact, scripture says he wants you to live life to the fullest. It doesn't mean running through you know, fields and money just falling out of your pockets. It's not this idea of provision is the will of God for your life. It's more the idea that God has a purpose and a plan. And if you'll just be patient and wait for him, he'll lead you and direct you even through difficult moments. He'll walk alongside you. So the question again is, Do human voices align with the word of God or are they opposing it? Are they in opposition? If they're in opposition to the word of God, then we know that's false confidence. No matter how loud they are or how certain they are, you know, you know what you need to do. You need to do this. (laughs) What? There's nothing in scripture that says I should do that. Well, that's what I would do. Well, maybe they are just as lost as you are. Verses 21 through 22 actually speak to this. It says this, They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness." This idea of speaking contemptuously against their king and their God. It literally means that they will get so wrapped up in what they see and what they hear on earth that they will disregard scripture. They'll disregard the word of God. In fact, literally, the Hebrews translated that in that moment of being contemptuous against God, it means that they will curse their God. They'll look around at the situations and the circumstances of their life that they have created by their decisions, by their willingness to disregard the voice of God in their life, and they'll shake their fists. They'll look upward to the heavens. They'll curse their God, and they'll look at the earth around them, and they'll be without hope. Where will you turn? Where will you turn when you're in the midst of desperation? You're lost and frustrated, and you're without hope. You see, they embraced mere human wisdom 
and they became hopeless. If you and I reject the word of God and its direct implications on our situation, then we will embrace hopelessness. It will come. Because there's no hope in what this world has to offer. It's empty. We can, we can seek after the things that this world says are valuable or what it is that they define success, but as we search for it, it's like it can never be grasped. No matter what we gain, we want more. There's always a sense of hopelessness. And in moments of desperation and pain and hurt, we even shake our fist at God and say, where are you? And yet, if we'll just replay the reality, it's, it's this level of impatience that we've displayed in our life that's revealed the unbelief where we've made decisions more based upon what we want, what we think we deserve, instead of being patient and waiting upon the Lord making the difficult decision and leaning into what it is that he's speaking, what aligns with his word. Listen, our sin separated us from God, but scripture says the word became flesh and Jesus paid the penalty for our sin so that we can come into relationship with God. Our hope is in him. That's where hope is found. To reject scripture is to reject Jesus. He will not have a breakthrough apart from Jesus. There's nothing this world can offer that will cause the breakthrough that you're searching. It's only in the person and work of Jesus. It's found in the word of God, aligning with scripture. So today, what are you seeking and where do you turn for answers? What are you seeking? Where is it that you want this breakthrough? What is it that you're truly seeking for and where do you turn for answers? Man, that is so critical. Where are you turning for answers? For the people that are saying the things you want to hear? Is that who you turn to because you'd rather not hear the truth? You'd rather not hear the hard thing? Are you turning to the news for your answers? Are you turning to social media? Are you turning to people that think like you? Are you turning to, to people that you think are informed? I mean, after all, they're the most confident. And you know what? Here's the deal. They might be knowledgeable in the things of this world, but there is a creator that knows all things. And he is far wiser than their wisdom, right? He, he is far wiser and above and beyond all the knowledge of the world. And so do you turn to earthly informed people or do you turn to scripture? Do you turn to God himself? What does the Bible say? And this is tough. This is tough if you're, if you're just listening to me kind of at face value. You're saying, what does the Bible say? I mean, the Bible doesn't say anything about my relationship. The Bible doesn't say anything about the current reality of today. The Bible isn't telling me what to do about my job or about my boss or my school or anything. I'm not talking about the specifics of the situation per se. This is not a rule book. It's a love story. It's a love story that gives us a perspective of timeless principles on how to live life to the fullest. So let me think about some things that scripture say. It talks about being slow to anger. Is your situation enraging you? And is scripture saying, be slow to anger? Rest in the reality of who Jesus is. And if you can be slow to anger and quick to love, then maybe that informs your situation. Scripture says to be quick to forgive. 
Are you so bottled up with who it is that that you resent and the walls that you have and the things that that you just are trying to keep an account of to make sure that you have a tally, to make sure that that people know the hurts and and not to give them too much wiggle room here because, I mean, after all, there's, there's some hurt they owe you. But Scripture says to forgive. Why? Because you're forgiven. You see, Scripture informs all these relational situations, but beyond that, Scripture tells us to be a peacemaker. Where is it? that you're bringing division instead of peace. Oh, but I'm so informed. The things of this world, what social media says, all yeah, but are you a peacemaker or are you bringing division? If you're bringing division, then, then you're going to end up with as much hopelessness as, as the people of Judah. You're literally cursing your God instead of resting in the reality that God calls me to be a peacemaker in the midst of, of turmoil and difficult times. Are you a person that, that gossips? Are you a person that, that mends relationships? These are principles that we can look at that inform every situation. God calls us to be people of love, to speak the truth in love. Are you loving your neighbor? Are you loving the unlovable? You see, it might not boil everything down to specific situations and how it is that we're supposed to behave and act. It's far more beautiful than that. See, the gospel isn't this list. It's, it's actually a reality of what's been done for you and is a reality of the person and work of Jesus and what he's done. It informs every aspect of your life and every situation you'll confront. If you would just be patient and wait upon the Lord and say, God, would you speak to my heart and mind? Would you renew my heart and mind that I would look at this situation through your eyes, that I wouldn't just function according to the temporal and according to my flesh, that I would quiet the loud voices, that I would temper the, the, the people that are speaking with confidence and instead hear your voice and know how to respond so that I can represent you well in the midst of difficulty and that I could find hope and be a carrier of hope to everyone I come in contact with. We say every week that the text requires something of us. So this is the question I want you to ask of yourself as you consider this text. What does scripture say about my situation? What does scripture say about my situation? For some of you out there, you're in the midst of living life for yourself. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And it seems like it's a constant struggle to ensure that that you have enough and that you're looking out for number one enough. And yet every time it's a continual struggle and you feel hopeless at every turn. I want to tell you that maybe you have to come to grips with the reality that scripture says that you're loved and that Jesus died the death that you deserve and that you can find peace and hope if you just ask him to be the Lord and leader of your life. In fact, if that's you, it's as simple as praying a prayer. It's no special words or anything. It's an acknowledgement wherever you are of Jesus having paid the price for your sin and you just admitting, I'm a sinner. Father, would you forgive me of my sins? Come and be the Lord and leader of my life. I want to, to be patient and wait in you. Would you lead me and guide me? In fact, if you prayed that prayer and you're live with us today, you can just click request prayer and we'd love to have a private chat with, with one of our hosts. That's what that'll put you into and, and we can talk about the next steps to the decision that you've made. If you're listening or watching this later, you can go to our website or email us. We'd love to talk to you about next steps. If you're out there and you've already prayed that prayer and you consider yourself a, a follower of Jesus, I want to challenge you. What does scripture say about your situation? 
investigate that this week. Maybe that's what it has to look like to, to maybe ask people that are more informed with scripture if you find yourself at a loss. There's so much technology out there that provides you access to what scripture says about specific situations and circumstances, but maybe you have to dig a little bit deeper and say, what does God actually say about my situation? Maybe I need to be quick to forgive, quick to love, slow to speak. These aren't things that we conjure up, but it's understanding who Jesus is and what he's done for us and allow that to flow out to others that we come in contact with. For others of you that, that maybe function that way on a regular basis, this, the text requires something of all of us, as we say. And so to you, maybe your action is to share with others what scripture says. Maybe there's a, a situation or a circumstance where you can lovingly communicate truth to those that God has strategically placed in your sphere of influence. I don't know what it looks like for you specifically, but I know that there's application. And so I just want to challenge you to lean in and ask the Lord to reveal to you what you need to do with what scripture says about your situation or about the situation of those you come in contact with. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We think of the areas of our life where we need guidance. The areas of our life that seem hopeless at times or difficult. Lord, we've just, we've come to the end of ourselves and we pray, Father, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, reveal to us what it is that we're to do, how it is that we can orient our heart and our mind to hear from you. Lord, would you speak through your scripture? Would you lead, guide, and direct us as we lean into your word? We simply declare ourselves available and ask for a move of your spirit in and through our lives so that we can experience the breakthrough that you have for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Excited to continue with you through this series, Summer Breakthrough. Until next week. Thanks so much for joining us online this morning. There's so much to consider from this week's text, and we pray that you really take time to consider how the Word of God addresses the very specific questions of your life through the timeless principles we can find. We just want to encourage you to be in the presence of Jesus because so many answers are found just by being with Him. We're excited to worship with you. We always say there are many ways to worship, and that is so very true. One of the ways we get to worship together is through singing. And if you're gathered live, we're about to do just that. If you are not with us, you can find the songs we're about to sing on Spotify. Just search Centerway Church and look for our Summer Breakthrough playlist. You can also look for the video that will be posted on our Facebook page. For those gathered live on the online platform, we'll see you on Facebook or Instagram in just a few minutes. And we hope to see you this Tuesday for our Backyard Worship Night. Details are on the calendar page of our website.